stegosaur. As the land cruiser came to a stop, Ellie Sattler stared through the plumes of steam at the stegosaurus. It was standing quietly, not moving. A jeep of a red stripe was parked alongside it. I love. I have to admit it. That's a funny-looking animal, Malcolm said. The stegosaurus was twenty feet long with a huge bulky body and vertical armoured plates along its back. The tail had dangerous-looking three-foot spikes, but the neck tapered to the absurdly small head with a stupid gaze, like a very dumb horse. As they watched, a man walked around from behind the animal. That's our vet, Dr. Harding, Regis said over the radio. He's anaesthetized the stego, which is why it's not moving. It's sick. Grant was already getting out of the car, hurrying toward the motionless stegosaur. Ellie got out and looked back as the second land cruiser pulled up, and the two kids jumped out. What's he sick with? Tim said. They're not sure, Ellie said. The great leathery plates along the stegosaurus's spine drooped slightly. It breathed slowly, laboriously, making a wet sound with each breath. Is it contagious? Ag said. They walked towards the tiny head of the animal, where Grant and the vet were on their knees, peering into the stegosaur's mouth. Lex wrinkled her nose. This thing sure is big, she said, and smelly. Yes, it is. Ellie had already noticed that the stegosaur had a peculiar odour, like rotting fish. It reminded her of something she knew, but she couldn't quite place. In any case, she'd never smelled the stegosaur before. Maybe this was a characteristic odour. But she had her doubts. Most herbivores did not have a strong smell, nor did their droppings. It was reserved for the meat-eaters to develop a real stink. Is that because it's sick? Lex asked. Maybe. And don't forget the vet tranquilized it. Ellie, have a look at his tongue, Grant said. The dark purple tongue drooped limply from the animal's mouth. The vet shone a light on it so she could see the very fine silvery blisters. Microvesicles, Ellie said. Interesting. Well, you've had a very difficult time with these stegos, the vet said. They're always getting sick. What are the symptoms? Ellie asked. She scratched the tongue with her finger now. A clear liquid extruded from the broken blisters. Ugh, Lex said. Imbalance, uh, disorientation, laboured breathing, massive diarrhea, Harding said. Seems to happen about once every six weeks or so. They feed continuously? Oh, yes, Harding said. Animal this size has to take in a minimum of five to six hundred pounds of plant matter daily just to keep going. They're constant foragers. And it's not likely to be poisoning from a plant, Ellie said. Constant browsers would be constantly sick if they were eating a toxic plant. Not every six weeks. Exactly, Vet said. May I? Ellie asked. She took the flashlight from the vet. You have pupillary effects from the tranquilizer, she said, shining the light into the stegosaur's eye. Yeah, that's a meiotic effect. Pupils are constricted. But these pupils are dilated, she said. Harding looked. There was no question the stegosaur's pupils were dilated and did not contract when the light shone on it. I'll be damned, he said. That's a pharmacological effect. Yes. Ellie got back to her feet and looked around. What is the animal's range? About five square miles. In this general area? she asked. 
They were in an open meadow, with scattered rocky outcrops and intermittent plumes of steam rising from the ground. It was late afternoon, and the sky was pink beneath the lowering grey clouds. Their range is mostly north and east of here, Harding said. But when they get sick, they are usually somewhere around this particular area. How to explain the periodicity of the poisoning? She pointed across the field. You see those low, delicate-looking bushes? West Indian lilac? Harding nodded. We know it's toxic. The animals don't eat it. You sure? Yeah, we monitor them from the video, and I've checked droppings just to be certain. The stegos never eat the lilac bushes. Melia azidarac, called chinbury, or West Indian lilac, contained a number of toxin alkaloids. The Chinese used the plant as a fish poison. They don't eat it, the vet said. Interesting, Ellie said, because otherwise I would have said that these animals show all the classic signs of melia toxicity. Stupor, blistering of, of, the, of the mucous membranes, and uh, pupillary dilatation. She got off towards the field to examine the plants more closely. Her body bent over the ground. You're right, she said. Plants are healthy, no sign of being eaten, none at all. And there's the six-week interval, the vet reminded her. The stegosaurus came here how often? About once a week, he said. Stegos make a slow loop through their home range territory, feeding as they go. They complete the loop in about a week. But they're only sick once every six weeks? Correct, Harding said. This is boring, Lex said. Shh, Tim said. Dr. Settler's trying to think. <laughs> Unsuccessfully, Ali said, walking further out into the field. Behind her, she heard Lex saying, Enemy want to play a little pickle? Ellie stared at the ground. The field was rocky in many places. She could hear the sound of the surf somewhere to the left. There were berries among the rocks. Perhaps the animals were just eating berries. But that didn't make sense. West India lilac berries were terribly bitter. Finding anything, Grant said, coming up to the joiner. Ellie sighed. Just rocks, she said. We must be near the beach, because all these rocks are smooth. And they're in funny little piles. Funny little piles, Grant said. All over. There, there is one pile right there, she pointed. As soon as she did, she realized what she was looking at. The rocks were worn, but they had nothing to do with the ocean. The rocks were heaped in small piles, almost as if they had been thrown down that way. They were piles of gizzard stones. Many birds and crocodiles swallowed small stones, which collected in a muscular pouch in a digestive tract called the gizzard. Squeezed by the muscles of the gizzard, the stones helped crush tough plant matter before it reached the stomach, and thus aided digestion. Some scientists thought dinosaurs also had gizzard stones. For one thing, dinosaurs' teeth were too small and too little worn to have been used for chewing food. It was presumed that dinosaurs swallowed their food whole and let the gizzard stones break down the plant fibres and some skeletons had been found with an associated pile of small stones in the abdominal area. But it had never been verified, and... Gizzard stones, Grant said. I think so, yes. They swallowed these stones, and after a few weeks the stones were worn smooth, so they regurgitated them, leaving this little pile, and swallowed fresh stones. And when they do, they swallow berries as well, and get sick. <laughs> I'll be damned, Grant said. I'm sure you're right. 
He looked at the pile of stones brushing through them with his hand, following the instinct of a paleontologist. Then he stopped. Ellie, he said, take a look at this. Put it right here, right in the old mitt, Lex cried, and Gennaro threw the ball to her. She threw it back so hard that his hang stung. Take it easy, I don't have a glove. You wimp, she said contemptuously. Annoyed, he fired the ball at her and heard a smack in the lever. Now that's more like it, she said. Standing by the dinosaur, Gennaro continued to play catch as he talked to Malcolm. How does this sick dinosaur fit into your theory? It's, uh, predicted, Malcolm said. Gennaro shook his head. Is anything not predicted by your theory? Ah, uh, look, Malcolm said. It's, uh, nothing to do with me. It's, it's chaos theory. But I, I notice nobody is willing to, to listen to the consequences of the mathematicians are because they imply very large consequences of human life, much larger than Heisenberg's principle of Gdel's uh, theorem, which everybody rattles on about. They're, those are actually rather academic considerations, philosophical considerations, but uh, chaos theory... Uh, concerns everyday life. Do you know how I computers were first built? Uh, no, Gennaro said. Burn it in there, Lex yelled. Co computers were built in the late 1940s because mathematicians like John von Neumann thought that uh, if you uh, had a computer or a machine to handle a lot of uh, variables simultaneously, then you would uh, be able to predict the weather. Weather is uh, could finally afford a human understanding, and uh, men believed that dream for the next 40 years. They believed that predictions were just a function of keeping track of things. If you if you knew enough, you could predict anything. That's uh, been a cherished scientific belief since Newton. And uh, chaos theory throws it right out the window. It says that you can never predict certain phenomena at all. You can never predict the weather more than you a few days away. All the money that has been spent on long-range uh, forecasting, about half a million dollars in the last few decades, is wasted money. It's, it's a fool's errand. It's as uh, pointless as trying to turn lead into gold. Uh, we uh, look back at the alchemists and laugh at what they were trying to do, but uh, future generations will laugh at us the same way. We tried the impossible and spent a lot of money doing it. Because, in fact, there are great categories of phenomena that are inherently unpredictable. Uh, chaos says that? Uh, yes, and uh, it is astonishing how few people care to hear it. Malcolm said, I gave all the information to Hammond long before we broke ground on this place. You're going to engineer a bunch of prehistoric animals and set them on an island. Fine. A lovely dream. Charming. But it won't go as planned. It is uh, inherently unpredictable, just as weather is. You told him this, Gennaro said. Uh, yes, I've. Uh, I also told him where the deviations would occur. Obviously, the uh, fitness of the animal to the environment was one area. The stegosaurus are a hundred million years old. It's it isn't adapted to our world. The uh, the air is different. The solar rate radiation is different. The land is different. The insects are different. The sounds. Are, uh, are different. The vegetation is different. Everything is different. The uh, oxygen content is decreased. The poor animals like a 
the uh, poor animal's like a human being at 10,000 feet altitude. Listen to him wheezing. Any other areas? Uh, broadly speaking, the, the uh, ability of the park to control the spread of life forms because the uh, the history of evolution is, is that life escapes all barriers, life breaks free, life expands new territories painfully, perhaps even more dangerously, but then life uh, finds a way. Malcolm shook his head. I don't mean to be uh, philosophical, but there, there it is. Gennaro looked over. Ellie and Grant were across the field, waving their arms and shouting. Did you, did you get my coke? Dennis Nedry asked as Muldoon came back into the control room. Muldoon didn't bother to answer. He went directly to the monitor and looked at what was happening. Over the radio he heard Harding's voice saying, The stagger, finally, handle on, now. What's that about? Muldoon said. They're down by the south point, Arnold said. That's why they're breaking up a little. I'll switch them to another channel. But they found out what's wrong with the Staggles, eating some kind of berry. Hammond nodded. I knew we'd solve that sooner or later, he said. It's not very impressive, Gennaro said. He held the white fragment, no larger than a postage stamp, up on his fingertip in the fading light. Are you sure about this, Alan? Absolutely sure, Grant said. What gives it away is the paddling on the interior surface is the interior curve. Turn it over and you'll notice a faint pattern of raised lines making roughly triangular shapes. Yeah, I see them. Well, I've dug out two eggs with patterns like this in my side of Montana. You're saying this is a piece of dinosaur eggshell? Absolutely, Grant said. Harding shook his head. These dinosaurs can't breed. Oh, evidently they can, Gennaro said. Ah, that must be a bird egg, Harding said. We have literally dozens of species on the island. Grant shook his head. Look at the curvature. The shell is almost flat. That's from a very big egg. And uh, notice the thickness of the shell. Unless you have ostriches on this island, it's a, it's a dinosaur egg. But they can't possibly breed, Harding insisted. All the animals are female. All I know, Grant said, is that this is a dinosaur egg. Malcolm said, uh, can you uh, tell the species? Yes, Grant said, it's a velociraptor egg. Control. Absolutely absurd, Hammer said in the control room, listening to the report over the radio. It must be a bird egg. That's all it can be. The radio crackled. He heard Malcolm's voice. Uh, uh, let's do a little test, shall we? Asked Mr. Arnold to run one of his little computer tallies. What now? Uh, yeah, uh, right now. I understand you can transmit it to the screen, Dr. Harding's car. Do that too, will you? No problem, Arnold said. A moment later, the screen in the control room printed out. Total animal species, 238. Tyrannosaurus, expected 2, found 2, version 4.1. Myosaurus, expected 21, found 21, version 3.3. Stegosaurus, expected 4, found 4, version 3.9. Triceratops, expected 8, found 8, version 3.1. Proconsognophids, expected 49, found 49, version 3.9. Ophnelia, expected 16, found 16, version 3.1. Velociraptors expected 8, found 8, version 3.0. 
Apatosaurus expected 17, found 17, version 3.1. Hadrosaurus expected 11, found 11, version 3.1. Dilophosaurus expected 7, found 7, version 4.3. Pterosaurs expected 6, found 6, version 4.3. Hypsilophodontids expected 33, found 33, version 2.9. Euposepalids expected 16, found 16, version 4.0. Styracosaurus expected 18, found 18, version 3.9. Calavasaurus expected 22, found 22, version 4.1. Total expected 238, found 238. I hope you're satisfied, Hammond said. Are you receiving it down there on your screen? Ah, uh, we see it, Malcolm said. Everything accounted for, as always. He couldn't keep the satisfaction out of his voice. Ah, uh, now then, Malcolm said, can you uh, have the computer search for a different number of animals? Like what? Anil said. Ah, uh, 239? Ah, uh, just a minute, Arnold said, frowning. A moment later, the screen printed. Total animal species. Tyrannosaurus expected 2, found 2, version 4.1. Myosaurus expected 21, found 21, version 3.3. Stegosaurus expected 4, found 4, version 3.9. Triceratops expected 8, found 8, version 3.1. Procomsognophids expected 49, found 50, version 3.9. Ophnilia expected 16, found 16, version 3.1. Velociraptors expected 8, found 8, version 3.0. Apatosaurus expected 17, found 17, version 3.1. Hadrosaurus expected 11, found 11, version 3.1. Dilophosaurus expected 7, found 7, version 4.3. Pterosaurs expected 6, found 6, version 4.3. Hypsilophodontids expected 33, found 33, version 2.9. Euplocepalids expected 16, found 16, version 4.0. Styracosaurus expected 18, found 18, version 4.9. Calavasaurus 22, found 22, version 4.1. Total expected 238, found 239. Hammond sat forward. What the hell is that? We've picked up another compy. From where? I don't know, the radio crackled. Ah, uh, now then, can you uh, ask the computer to search for, let's say, uh, 300 animals? What is he talking about? Hammond said, his voice rising. 300 animals? What's he talking about? Uh, just a minute, Arnold said. That'll take a few minutes. He punched buttons in on the screen. The first line of their totals appeared. Total animals, 239. I don't understand what he's driving at, Hammond said. I'm afraid I do, Arnold said. He watched the screen, and the numbers on the first line were clicking. Total animals, 244. 244? Hammond said. What's going on? The computer is counting the animals in the park, Wu said. All the animals. I thought that's what it always did, he spun. Nedry, have you screwed up again? Uh, no, Nedry said, looking up from his console. Computer always allows the operator to enter expected number of animals in order to make the counting process faster. But it's a convenience, not a flaw. He's right, 
Arnold said. We just always used a base count of 238 because we assumed there couldn't be more. Total animals, 262. Wait a minute, Hammond said. These animals can't breed. The computer must be counting field mice or, or something. I think so too, Arnold said. It's almost certainly an error in the visual tracking, but we'll, we'll know soon enough. Hammond turned to Wu. They can't breed, can they? No, Wu said. Total animals, 270. Where are they coming from? Arnold said. Damn if I know, Wu said. They watched the numbers climb. Total animals, 283. Over the radio they heard Janeiro say, Holy shit, how much more? And they heard the little girl say, I'm getting hungry. When are we going home? Pretty soon, Lex. On the screen there was a flashing error message. Error, search params. 3,000 animals not found. An error, Hammond said, nodding. I thought so. I had the feeling all along there must be an error. But a moment later the screen printed. Total animals expected, 238. Found, 292. The radio crackled. Now you uh, see the flaw in your procedures, Malcolm said. You only tracked the expected number of dinosaurs. You were worried about losing animals and, and your uh, procedures were designed to revise you instantly if you had less than the expected number. But, but the uh, problem was you had more than the expected number. Christ, Arnold said. There can't be more. We said, we know how many we've released. There can't be more than that. Uh, afraid so, Henry, Malcolm said. They're breeding. No. Uh, even if you don't accept Grand's eggshell, you can prove it with your own data. Take a look at the uh, the compi high graph. Arnold will, will put it up for you. Notice anything about it, Malcolm said. It's a position distribution, we said. Normal curve. But, uh, didn't you introduce the compies at, in free batch at six months intervals? Yes. Then you should get a graph of pigs for each of the three separate batches that were introduced. Malcolm said, tapping the keyboard. Like this. But, uh, you didn't get this graph, Malcolm said. The graph you actually got is, a uh, a graph of a breeding population. Your compies are breeding. Wu shook his head. I don't see how. They're breeding, and, and so are the Arphnelia, the Myosaurus, the uh, Hepsis, and the, and the Velociraptors. Christ, Muldoon said, there are raptors free in the park. Well, it's not that bad, Hammer said, looking at the screen. We have an increases in just three categories, well, five categories, very, very small increases in, in two of them. Uh, what are you talking about, Wu said loudly. Don't you know what this means? Of course I know what this means, Henry, Hammond said. It means you screwed up. Absolutely not. You've got breeding dinosaurs out there, Henry. But they're all female, we said. It's impossible. There must there must have been a mistake. Look at the numbers. A, sm a small increase in the big animals, the, the myosaurus and the hipses. A big increase is in the in number of small animals. It just doesn't make sense. It must be a mistake. The radio clicked. Uh, actually not, Grant said. I, I uh, think these numbers confirm that breeding is taking place in several different sites around the island. 